2: Welcome back Bears fans to another episode of the Bears Brothers podcast and welcome to our second part of our State of the Franchise series where we take a deep dive onto both sides of the ball and begin laying down the blueprint for the offseason. In our last episode we analyzed everything that you need to know about the Chicago Bears offense which means today is going to be about the current state of that Bears defense. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, joined by my two Bears brothers, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano. And Brandon, IU lost to Purdue on Sunday. So I think the only appropriate thing to do here is just go ahead and skip your introduction and go right to Nick because <laughs> he had a great Sunday. He really did because Nick was on CLTV with our pal, Jarrett Payton. And Nick, I just want to know, like, how was that experience overall? Do you have any, like, cool stories you want to share about it? Yeah,
1: so it was an amazing experience. Uh, just being on the set of CLTV and being with Jared Payton and talking Bears football was awesome. But I got there an hour early, so Jared Payton and I were kind of just hanging out in the back room waiting for the show. Kind of, he was preparing, and so was I, just going over notes. But while he was preparing, I just I asked him a question: if he uh, ever watched the Time uh, Tom vs. Time series that's going on on Facebook right now. He's like, "Yes, I just watched the two episodes uh, that day, that morning or that afternoon." And he he looks at me, he's like. Tom Brady is the one player in the NFL that reminds me just like my dad. And it's the way that they just can't accept failure. They see failure as just not an option that winning is the only way like failure. They, they took it like it was an offense. Like they just couldn't do it. I'm like, that's awesome like the one player in the league, the greatest quarterback, arguably of all time. And then the greatest running back of all time, both saw the game the same exact way. Winning is everything. Failure is not an option. So I thought that was pretty cool, but just being on the set with them and talking bears football, that was an awesome experience.
2: Yeah. And you killed it. It was an excellent segment. You know, I felt like a proud Papa in sorts. Another part of me was quite jealous. I'm not going to lie to you, but no overall great job. I know you were working on hopefully going back again soon. So we'll definitely stay in touch about those developments over there, but guys, as you know, and as our listeners know, we have a long off season ahead. You know, still pretty much in its infancy stage. It hasn't even really begun yet. We still have the Super Bowl coming up next week. So I just want to do something fun to maybe start beginning our show since we have a ton of time between now and September. And to begin, I just want to share the fact that if I had the opportunity uh, to chat with any bear past or present to have dinner with, I probably choose Brian Urlacher because, you know, number one, he has a huge part that kind of drew me into football at a young age. It's the first player that I kind of really connected with. The first ever Bears jersey ever had was Brian Urlacher. And on top of that, I mean, he's going to the Hall of Fame, knock on wood here very shortly. And I just want to hear all those stories from the two thousands teams. You know, get a little bit of the background. And you know, Brian, he won't hold anything back. So if I had to choose, it would be Brian Nurlacker. So I think you guys know where I'm going with this. I want to know who you guys would have a chat with over dinner, a former Bear or a present Bear, and who would it be? And Brandon, uh, like Happy Gilmore, I have a high temper, but I kind of calm down quickly. So I'm over the IU Purdue thing. <laughs> so I'm I wasn't go even gonna you- bring it up. Go ahead, um, man.
3: If I were to have dinner, I think it would be the Punky QB, uh, Jim McMahon. I think he just be an interesting guy to sit down and have dinner with uh, all the stories that he could tell just seems like a guy that i don't know seems really interesting and opposite of me uh i'm kind of a more laid-back guy but to hear his stories
1: kind of would be interesting i think
2: all right punky qb for b and nick how about you who would you choose
1: Man, this is a tough one. I mean, Devin Hester was my idol growing up, and that would be awesome to just get down to talk to him. I went to his actually his football camp. I really wanted to go talk to him, but I, I just didn't get the opportunity. But a guy that I'd really want to talk to, I think, is Jay Cutler. I think just to actually get to know Jay, because there's this persona, this uh, perception of him, where he's not the best teammate, he, he could be... Uh, not the nicest person. I really would like want to sit down with him. Maybe, you know, have a beer and a burger and just kind of talk football and talk about life and see how he really is. I think that would be a great conversation. i always liked Jay. Devin Hester would be cool too, but I
2: think I would have to go with Jay Color. There you go. Jay Cutler is a good one as well. He's someone where in the future, if I ever get an opportunity, I would like to write his book, write his story. I think that would be a fantastic one to kind of get his perspective on things because pretty much he's very secluded and you don't really hear his hide of things. So it'd be really nice to go in retrospect, uh, see what Jay Cutler was thinking all those years. But we have one more thing we need to get to before we actually getting into our first segment of the day. And before we begin breaking down that Bears defense, I just want to take a remind, moment to remind you about our free Bears jersey giveaway. We're going to give one lucky listener a free jersey of their choice. And if you want to be included in the drawing, all you have to do is review our show on Apple Podcasts and leave your Twitter handle in the review. And if you don't have um, Apple Podcasts, I'm working on maybe another uh, workaround for you guys there. Um, but even if you have an account and you don't use it, I just advise you to just leave the review there. And if you don't have a Twitter, feel free to just uh, send a screenshot of your review email it to us at thebearsbrothers at gmail.com and that way I can have you on record and once we reach 200 reviews in Apple Podcasts, we're gonna pick a winner only 81 away I think we had about 10 last week after I asked so at this rate we're gonna be giving away a jersey here very shortly but again just leave a review of us on uh, Apple podcast once we get to 200 we're gonna pick one of you guys to go ahead and have a free Chicago Bears jersey of your choice All right, guys, so let's go ahead and dive into the first segment of the show. and Let's go ahead and go through the Bears defense, a unit that finished 2017, 10th in yards allowed, 7th against the pass, 11th against the run, and 9th in points allowed per game. And I want to go ahead and begin by asking you guys, uh, looking at maybe the bottom of this roster on defense, uh, who are maybe some young guys that you're perhaps looking forward to taking a step this year could have been someone who you thought was going to take a step last year and didn't. And I know Nick, you weren't wanting to do this segment or this question. So I'm going to go ahead and let you begin because that's uh, the kind of guy I am today. Yeah, no, I I think when you look at the young guys on this team, that's um,
1: that could possibly make an impact. We saw glimpses of it, uh, this past season with uh, Jonathan and Roy Robertson Harris, but a guy that I really want to see make an impact is a Deandre Hall who was injured last season and didn't get his opportunity to make an impact. And I think, um, with Prince, uh, Prince of Mookamora not having the best of seasons, maybe if he was healthy at DeAndre Hall, maybe that could have been a guy that could have played a little bit and then maybe had an impact going into 2018. But I want to see if Hall can maybe make an impact or like I said, Jonathan Bullard and Roy Robertson Harris made flashes, but I would want to see them obviously progress even more in 2018.
2: Sure. Of course. I mean, we want to see Ryan Pace draft picks develop, progress. That's definitely a uh, priority number one here in Chicago. But how about you, Brandon, who's a young guy that you're looking at the roster uh, looking at 2018 thinking that might be a year that he finally kind of breaks through.
3: I'm looking at Roy Robertson Harris. Actually, uh, Nick just brought him up that, you know, Hopefully he's going to be able to continue to build, but I mean, he played solid when he got his chance. He finished uh, the year with 13 tackles and two sacks. So he's not really a big impact guy, uh, but he never played outside of the system. He always just kind of let the game come to him and he made plays when the game called for him to do so. He had a few pass deflections in there as well. And when he was, came, he came in with the same draft class as the forest Buckner. Uh, he's about similar size, same build, and I was telling Will from time to time. I might've even said on the podcast. I don't remember. It's been a few years now. Uh, he's kind of like a, a poor man's DeForest Buckner in a way, just the same frame, same, You know, a lot of similarities there as far as intangibles, and I think that that's really going to play a big role for him moving forward. Got to be able to take advantage of that frame, get some more deflected passes, and I think that's a way that he's going to be able to surprise us in some ways.
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, Roy Robertson Harris is someone who we all hope can definitely take some next steps. I'm going to go ahead and just quickly say Jonathan Buller for me. I know a lot of Bears fans are thinking along the same lines. Uh, He's been kind of slow revving up, but I think towards the end of last season, we kind of saw some good things from him. And I think with another offseason with Vic Fangio, uh, I believe he can definitely – perhaps take that next step as something that you really can't bank on. Uh, but someone who I think definitely has the potential to still get better in this league and improve, you know, year three is a big year for any NFL player. So for him, uh, Jonathan Bullard is going to be a big one here for me coming up next season. But guys uh, going over to outside linebacker, something that I want to kind of hit on is, obviously we were depleted last year in terms of uh, pass rush, especially down the stretch. We had an overhaul at that position. You know, I think that's in order this, uh, this offseason. we really need to overhaul the outside linebacker position, which is crazy because a year ago we thought this was the strength of the defense, but you know, time changes things uh, rather quickly as we've been uh, noticing here. And I just want to know besides Leonard Floyd, do you have any other, any other outside linebackers uh, that you either want to bring back and expect good things from that are either currently under contract or maybe their contract up right now, or any that you have hope in, because for me, uh, Leonard Floyd I have hope in. besides that I have question marks every single where every, every single place uh, at the position and Brandon I'm gonna go right back to you
3: uh, yeah I mean Leonard Floyd is obviously the staple there uh, but if we're gonna overhaul that position and bring in some younger guys I think you still need that veteran presence and I I don't know necessarily to expect good things I expect something out of Willie Young I well I hope he's gonna do good things if he's gonna continue to play uh, but in his ninth season he had that tricep injury that put him on IR earlier this year I just think that a veteran like Will Young, who's been on the team for some time now, he led the team in sacks of, a few years ago. Uh, so even if he doesn't make a good, like a big impact, we know that he's a proven player, and we know the things that he can do. Uh, but he may have to be like a Pernell McPhee type, hopefully better than Pernell, to uh, where he doesn't play every down, every snap.
2: Sure. And Nick, I'm sure you're kind of along the same lines as Brandon there. I know your feelings about Pernell McPhee, uh, Willie Young. He's someone we'll, we'll get into here in the discussion later on. But I want to know, is there any young guys like an Isaiah Irving? Again, it's one of those guys that you kind of hope for, but there's not a lot uh, behind him that kind of shows that he will become a difference maker.
1: Yeah, I mean, Isaiah Irving's a guy who did... F- you know, fill in when he needed to. He wasn't an impact player, but he's a good depth piece. and i'm I'm not expecting big things from him, like I just said, but that's a guy you want on your team just in case, you know, unfortunately, our outside linebackers, they all went down at some point. So that's a guy that um you're hoping that could be there next season and when he comes in and gets his opportunity to play, which probably will end up happening. I mean, knocking wood that doesn't. but, if it does that he knows what he's doing that he's progressed from that first year into the second year but yeah there is a guy that you you look at and he makes the overall team better just because if you get to that position you're not going to have that big drop down and you know and play at that position but again Willie Young was a guy I was going to say because I just there's so many uncertain factors with the other outside linebackers right now we don't even know if they're going to come back but Willie Young's I hope you know recovers from that injury is able to be a
2: uh, somewhat of an impactful player in 2018 yeah. I mean, he's currently 32. It's the age thing is starting to kind of worry me you know, Father time is, uh, you know, Willie Young switched with the triceps injury. I just don't know exactly how that's all going to pan out just yet. Uh, but Nick, I'm going to go right back to you with a question about the secondary, because when you look at Ryan, uh, Ryan Pace's draft picks at that unit, you know, not named Eddie Jackson or Adrian Amos, you have Deandre Hall, Deion Bush, Deandre Houston Carson, I want to know uh which one of those are you still kind of holding hope on out, which I think you already kind of said DeAndre Hall. And then are the other two then are you ready to label them as busts just yet? You know, Deion Bush,
1: DeAndre Houston, Carson, they just haven't played. And I know when Bush has gone in the game, he looks like he doesn't know what's going on, which is a concern, especially because you know you're practicing the same plays. You're at least if you're not on the field, you're getting those mental reps. And when he got into the game, that didn't transition. Those mental reps, they didn't obviously play out in the way Deion Bush wanted to, but Deandre Houston Carson, the guy also he's, he's been injured when he's here. I think he was dealing with like hamstring issues, some low, lower leg injury when he got here. So that doesn't help him out trying to get onto the field. But Deandre Hall is a guy who's pretty versatile. He came in, uh, he was playing safety, he was playing cornerback. And so he's a pretty versatile guy, but I think he's a guy that should be a corner. Uh, I think we have our safety solidified right now even though the other two guys we just don't know Deion Bush DeAndre Houston Carson what they're going to be I still think DeAndre Hall could be a better corner we saw him, I think in his first year he had two interceptions before he ended up getting injured and was out for the season but he's definitely the guy out of that group right now that I would think has the most upside
2: how about you B any differing opinions I know you're uh president of the DeAndre Houston Carson the DHC fan club I think you're president of a lot of fan clubs though
3: I think so um But no, I was going to say DeAndre Howell as well uh, for all the reasons that Nick said. But the problem with him is that he's stuck between either being a safety or a corner. So once he figures out where exactly he's going to be, it's going to be hard for him to get playing time at safety at the moment. Uh, So that almost makes him have to be a corner if he's going to make it. uh, make an impact on this team, uh, but he's the one that I think has the most upside that I've seen. Like we said, DHC doesn't necessarily see the field a lot much, and he had a lot of blocked field goals at William & Mary, so that's really why I like him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Trust me. <laughs>
2: that's something that I won't forget, but I have one more question for you, too, before we kind of move on uh, looking at our order of needs on the Bears defense, and it's going to be about the free agents. Ryan Paces of prior free agency class on defense. He had John Jenkins, Marcus Cooper, Prince Mukamara, Quinton Demps, and when you look at that group as a whole, it's really not one that you can hang your Hat on if you are Ryan Pace. uh, We all know that Prince was the best of the bunch. So I want to know if you guys have any lessons that Pace can learn uh, from last year's haul to do better this time around. And mine is to be maybe go a little slightly younger. I think the average age of that group is about 29. Um, Also look for guys that has a little bit more sustained success, not one or two maybe flashy seasons. But again, uh, our Andrew Ortman, he talked about how the Bears are going to be a much more favorable destination. Uh, here in free agency compared to years past. So I think now uh, Ryan Pace can bring in some of those top guys that he was trying to get into years past. So maybe it's not much of a strategy as much as it was the Bears not being looked at so favorable in terms of uh, the free agent market. But uh, Brandon, I'm going to go to you first. Any lessons or anything you want to comment on this?
3: Uh, Yeah, you said you want uh, guys that are younger but don't have one or two flashy seasons. Um, Where do you find those kind of guys? Because they may not be old enough to be established in the league yet, I guess is my question or statement to that. Um, but just kind of looking at his free agency as a whole, uh, I mean, first of all, I don't put a whole lot of weight in, on the Quentin dumps thing. I think he's actually the reason for Adrian is stepping up the way that he did. So with that being said, I have him going like 50, 50 on these guys, uh, without putting much weight on Dempsey. I mean, he whiffed on John Jenkins and Marcus. Cooper uh, really plummeted when he didn't score on the block field goal against Pittsburgh there. So I don't know what the expected percentage is for a GM that's supposed to like hit on these free agents. Uh, but it really, and I know it's a lot easier said than done, just figure out a way to, to limit the whiffs. Like kind of what Will was saying, you don't want guys who have flashy one or two seasons. You want guys that are a little more established in what they can do. I just don't know how you find that at a younger age.
2: Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. But that's what the Bears, uh, you know, professional scouting departments, uh, that's what their jobs do. So hopefully they hopefully. can go ahead and out, go out there, do it and excel. But uh, Nick, how about you? Anything else you want to add in here? Or do you want to go ahead and move on? You know, I mean, it's just what you pay
1: for is what you get. And I know Pace tried to get some of those bigger name free agents like A.J. Boyer and Stephon Gilmore. He was in the mix of things, but they decided to go to more to teams that were more. Uh, in the pursuit of being a contender next season with obviously Jaguars and Patriots actually playing in the AFC championship games, but you can't really, I guess you shouldn't have high expectations from these guys that Prince Mugamore to maybe be that starting, you know, the starting corner and then Quinn Demps to be the starting safety. You're not paying that much to get these guys. And I don't think that the expectations for these guys should be, you know, you're, you're going to be a starter this season. So let's see how he addresses this free agency and maybe he does land those bigger free agents because now Chicago does look like more of a place that free agents do want to come to. Exactly. And,
3: and to add, we don't want to use these free agents to build as we know, Ryan Pace likes to build the drafts. Do you really just want to use these free agents to fill, fill gaps in the roster?
2: Yep. Good point as well. Uh, you know, sustained success is all about through the draft. According to Ryan Pace, definitely a free agency still isn't the number one uh, resource that we want to use, but of course doing a slightly better job is going to help this bears, uh, kind of fill those gaps. Like you said, Brandon. Uh, so I did say we're going to go and talk about some hierarchy of needs, but I did forget one question and uh, Nick, I'm going to go to you first. You want to name a player or two that may find themselves being cut before the season actually starts. It's currently going to be under contract next year. Yeah. So the
1: my guy, well, it's actually not my guy, it's a guy I like to complain about all the time. I think Pernel McPhee is a guy when you look at it. He is the odd man out, and I'm trying to find my my notes here where I have how much money it's gonna cost or not cost the Bears. Um, he hasn't played an entire season. 14 was the most uh games that he played when this is that past season, and if the Bears were to release him before June 1st, the dead cap would only be a million, but they would be saving over seven million, just over seven million dollars in cap if they were to release Pernel McPhee. I think you can get younger at the position. You can get a more reliable guy, and you know McPhee has talked more than he has produced here in Chicago. And that you know any player that does that doesn't deserve to be here. And then another guy, and we mentioned him earlier, Quentin Dems could be the odd man out as well because Amos and Jackson, that seems like a very good chemistry. The, the duo, the the chemistry that those two have, why are you going to want to split that up? And you have a a veteran just there. I don't know if Pace wants to go maybe younger there as well. I mean, we do have young safeties. They haven't been able to be on the field, but if you have Dempsey in front of them, you're only furthering that um, gap between those young guys reaching the field. So that might be the other
2: veteran guy that might be also released. Yeah, you know, Quentin Demps is on my list, too. He's a rather expensive backup. I think he would count, if he is on uh, contract next season, about $4 million, uh, against the cap. And, of course, with him, age and durability are a concern. And, of course, you mentioned Pernell McPhee. Uh, saving a ton of money if we let him go. Uh, his highest sack total is only six, and that was his debut season. It's kind of trended downward ever since. So it doesn't make much sense to bring him back, especially for that much money. And on top of that, if he's going to be on a pitch count for another season with those knees, I just think you can do much better at the position outside linebacker. And, uh, Brandon, I'm going to go over to you. Any other names that you want to mention here?
3: Uh, Pernell McPhee was the big one. And as much as I just said, uh, I think it's important that the Bears keep Will Young. I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if he gets cut either because the age thing, like you said, he's been injured a couple times since he's been here in Chicago. So for reasons like that, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets cut. I hope not. Uh, but Purnell was the one guy that I had highlighted on that list.
2: And one more I'm going to add real quick, uh, Marcus Cooper, and I don't need to explain. That is a very (laughs) self-explanatory reason uh, to let him go. But uh, all right, guys, I want to know what are your top needs. And let's just go ahead and start with the top need overall in this Bears defense. And I want to know your opinion here. And I'm going to go right back to Brandon, your overall top need for the Bears this offseason on defense.
3: Um, I had this tied at one and two defensive line, outside linebacker. But in parentheses behind both of them, I have pass rusher because, like we just said, the uh, the pass rush is kind of depleted uh, with Leonard Floyd being really the only staple at outside linebacker. We have Akeem Hicks, uh, Jonathan Bullard, Mitch Underline, guys that aren't necessarily always going to get to the quarterback there on the defensive line other than Akeem Hicks. But I think that pass rushers for those two positions are uh, very important needs for the Bears right now.
2: Yeah, pass rush is definitely a huge one. Nigger. Do you agree that getting guys that can get after the quarterback is the number one need on this defense? This That is the number one need on this defense because outside of Leonard Floyd, who hasn't been
1: able to play the entire season, they're really – aren't a lot of guys that can get to the quarterback. Keem Hicks was doing it in the first half of the season. But if you take those two guys out of the equation, which happened towards the second half of the season, who was getting to the quarterback? I think Houston, Lamar Houston was leading in that game. The stretch, he came back for the bears. I think he was leading. So that's not who you want to have uh, being the leading sack leader for you at that amount of game. So they need to find somebody, whether it's through the draft free agency that can get to the quarterback because we have some older guys that we don't know are going to stay. We can't really count on Let- – you can't count on K- Leonard Floyd yet. When he's on the field, he's great, but you can't count him. He hasn't played an entire season. So we need to get guys that can get to the quarterback.
2: Yeah, Leonard Floyd, he's missed 10 games so far in his two years. So as much as we want to hope on him and have him be the guy at outside linebacker, you just had to look at his durability. It's definitely a concern. Uh, not saying he can cheer it up, but just two years in a row, the neck, and now, you know, of course, uh, the lower body injury that's escaping me right now. Uh, it's just obviously something we need to uh, kind of keep tabs on. And on top of that, age with the backups. Uh, Sam Macho, if he comes back, will be 30. Uh, you know, McPhee, he's going to be about 30 as well, but he's very fragile, like we mentioned. Will Young, he's going to be 33 by the time next season rolls around. And Lamar Houston, if we want to somehow continue this bizarro experiment with them, he's going to be 31. So I think the Bears, like you said, Nick. A mix of the free agency and the draft to kind of give this position a youth infusion, but a little bit more on the free agency side, because you want to make sure you're not starting completely over. You don't want to have a whole group of rookies or, you know, second year players uh, at the position. You want to find some guys who've been in the league for you know three to four years who have the experience, who can adapt the Fangio system quickly. And of course we need to find the right fits. We just can't bring in any pass rusher as well, but let's go ahead and talk about our second need overall. And I want to go back to Nick real quick. What's going to be your second need for the bears defense.
1: So I think that I don't, I don't believe that the bears are going to bring back Prince Mukamura. So I think addressing that second corner position, if Fuller comes back, so that's also a big if so addressing the corner position, I think is going to be the next one for me. Um, We don't, I, I expect fuller to come back, whether on a multi-year deal or on a franchise tag, but a is a guy that I, I don't think is going to be back Cooper. You don't want him out there. We, we know how that goes when he's out there. So I think getting, a guy that can actually be a playmaker at that position definitely elevates the play of this defense because Amukamura did not cause any turnovers uh playing that that opposite corner of uh, a Fuller. So I think addressing getting a playmaker at that position is going to be vital for this defense moving forward to make strides to become maybe not a top 10, but hopefully a top five if it if it all plays out.
2: Yeah. And, you know, this is a need by default because we just don't have guys going to be on the roster right now, at least under contract. Right now, if you're looking at next year's roster people who are already locked up under contract, you have Marcus Cooper, Craven LeBlanc and DeAndre Hall. That's not a trio that you want to go out there uh, come week one, Um, not to knock those players. Well, besides Marcus Cooper, but we need to find more people who have starting capability, you know, bringing back a Kyle Fuller, maybe even a Prince of Mugumar. We will debate that here coming up soon, but the bears do need to still kind of build at this position. Uh, the corners did a great job last season, uh, or at least a good job overall. They had a tough slate uh, all season long, but they held their own. But just due to these contract situations, this is definitely one of them those positions that the bears need to have a hyper focus on come this off season to make sure that they keep that intact as much as possible, especially guys. Don't forget like a Bryce Callahan as well. We don't want to lose him either because he's a pretty decent, a uh, nickel corner. Uh, Brandon, I'm going to go to you. Do you agree that corner is the second need? And if so, you can briefly explain, I'm sure Nick and I pretty much hit on all your points. And if you want to go ahead, I'll uh, give us your third need.
3: Uh, my third need cause cornerbacks, my second, obviously, I think, I mean, you touched on everything. Uh, just to add to that, I think Kyle Fuller is very, very important to this defense, a bigger factor than I think some people realize. So it's very important that I think that he comes back. Uh, but then I have inside linebacker for that because I think our safeties are locked up uh, with Amos and Jackson. If they keep Quentin Demps, then there you go. You have a, a backup safety there, um, as well as Deion Bush or DHC or DeAndre Hall, wherever DeAndre Hall ends up at safety. So safety is my last one. But then I have inside linebacker there. Uh, I think that it's. Not necessarily as important uh, for this year. I mean, you're going to have to replace Gerald Freeman, I think. Uh, I don't know if he comes back or not with kind of the suspension deal that he had and the injury on top of that. I just don't know if they're going to keep him around. Um, but then I think after that, you kind of want to build for the future a little bit at that position um, because I don't think Danny Trevathan's going to be around as long as we would like him to be. I think he stays around a little bit longer, but just not necessarily as long as we'd like. So really just building for the future there is why I have him at, at four.
2: Sure. Sounds good for me. My three is defensive line slash defensive end. Uh, pretty much primarily for the reasons we talked about. I saw linebacker pass rusher early on for the top need. I just still, it's pretty much two seasons in a row, two off seasons in a row. Where I'm like, can we find a replacement for Mitch on He did good. Uh, so we'll talk about him here coming up in our uh, segment or two. Uh, but overall, I think we just need to still get more, uh, People at the position, someone who can go in there and even spell in Eddie Goldman or Nakeem Hicks without much drop off. Give them a few more breathers so they can stay fresh throughout the entirety of the season so they don't get fatigued uh, come the bye week. So that's why that's defensive line, defensive end is going to go ahead and be my third knee as a whole. And uh, Nick, over to you uh, to end the segment. What's going to be your final lead here for Chicago Bears defense?
1: I'm also going to go with defensive end. We've been. Wanting someone to replace Mitch on Ryan, even though he had a better season this past season, it we need someone who can get to the court. Like, again, someone that's going to get to the quarterback can't just be a Keem Hicks up the middle or on the left side of the end. We need someone opposite of him who, who you know, teams are have to game plan for maybe not necessarily game plan for like they would a Keem Hicks, but he's going to be a threat. He can get to the quarterback, you know, given the right opportunity, has a good repertoire of moves. But that's definitely a position you want to have some kind of guy that can get to the quarterback and just get some sacks for your team because it was Akeem Hicks and then
2: really, you know, Leonard Floyd when he was in there, and that was about it. Yeah, exactly. So pass rushers, it all comes full circle. Uh, The Bears need more pass rushers. Everybody knows that. We know that. And if you're listening, I'm sure you know that as well. Uh, So hopefully Pace is listening, but Pace knows. We know he knows. All right, so coming up next, we're going to go to compare this Bears defense within uh, the NFC North division, kind of comparing them to the other teams, kind of seeing where they stack up because, of course, if you're not competitive in your own division, then you don't even need to focus on the playoffs because things aren't going to go your way. But first, I need to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. And as you know, all three of the Bears brothers have the SeatGeek apps on our phone. It's by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. We can be anywhere and just with a few taps instantly find some seats. We used it last year to get our tickets when we went to our annual Bears game. I've used it for concerts before. Uh, Brandon and I are actually going to go see the Eagles here in Indianapolis here in about two months or 45 days. We're actually getting much closer than that than I thought. So that's exciting. But no, seriously, SeatGeek. They're just designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. And if no matter where you live, no matter what market you're at, if you live in Chicago, of course, you can take out Bulls tickets, Cubs tickets, Sox tickets, Blackhawks tickets. And wherever you reside, they definitely have some events going on near you. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek, they grade every ticket based on the value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And the best part of all is that our listeners get $20 off that first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code Bears. B E A R S for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. righty. Well, I'm your host, Will DeWitt joined by my two bears brothers, Brendan Hazelwood and Nicholas Moriano. We were now going to compare the bears defense within the NFC North division, and we're just going to break it down to defensive line linebacker and secondary Cause you know, the different fronts through four, four, three, it gets a little hairy. So we're just going to kind of break them down to those three segments. And let's go ahead and begin with the defensive line. And Nick, I'm going to go right over to you. Where do you have them pegged in the division and why? So the bears,
1: I have surprisingly, I have them at number three. So, um, I, the Vikings are obviously first just between their, their defensive linemen. They have 31 and a half sacks of their 37 sacks come from the defensive linemen. That's impressive. Uh, the Lions come in second because they they had 21 sacks from their defensive line, which is you know impressive as well. The Bears only had 15 and a half. And outside of Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman at times, he didn't really get uh, to the quarterback much. But that doesn't mean he wasn't an impactful player because he definitely was. There weren't enough guys getting to the quarterback just on the line itself. So in the rankings, I got Vikings, Lions, Bears, and then the Packers. Really, that
2: defense is not very good. And I just want to put them last because they're the Packers. There you go. I mean, let the bias come (laughs) into play. Why not? That's what we're here for. Uh, Brandon, I want to know, do you agree with Nick or do you have a differing opinion here?
3: I have the Bears and Lions swapped uh, just because it comes down to more than just getting to the quarterback as much as I love uh, watching the defensive line go get sacks. They played very well in run defense as well. So that's another reason why I have the Bears weight a little higher than the Lions. Uh, Minnesota first for obvious reasons and Packers last because they're the
2: Packers. Obviously reasons, exactly. (laughs) All right, yeah, for me as well, I have the Bears second here uh pretty much for the same reasons that you had, Brandon, in terms of I thought Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, you know, even though Goldman didn't have the sack numbers, he was a run stuffered in the middle of the field. So is Akeem Hicks, who, you know, brings both to the table. He can get after quarterbacks and he's great against the run. Uh the Lions, they struggled stopping to run all season long. So for that, I'm gonna give the Bears the slight edge over them, and of course, Green Bay's in the basement, which feels fantastic to even say out loud. So <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to the linebacker. And I'm gonna go ahead and begin. I have the Bears second at linebacker, which is crazy because uh, outside linebacker is a huge question mark, but I really like Trevathan Kwiatkowski. I don't think they're at the level of Kendrickson Barr in Minnesota, who I have at number one, Um, but I do give them the slight edge over Martinez and Ryan in Green Bay, and uh, I give them a huge edge over the linebackers, at least the inside linebackers, for uh, the Lions as well, but I think the bears are going to have their linebackers and uh, the outside kind of figured out this offseason. I expect base to attack it aggressively. So I see the bears kind of holding off second here overall. And I mean, obviously Minnesota with that great defense are going to be uh, lead dogs right now, but Brandon over to you linebackers ranked and why.
3: Uh, I have the same order that you do Minnesota, Chicago, uh, Detroit, and Green Bay because it's very tough to beat Minnesota's defense as a whole. Uh, Historically, a very good defense this year. Uh, And then the bears, not even just like with uh, the outside linebackers, they're kind of depleted year. They were, you know, solid when they're all healthy. Um, then you look at the inside linebackers, you mentioned Chaveth and quick but let's not forget about Christian Jones who ended up uh, stepping Mm -hmm. up and playing a bigger role than we anticipated and did a pretty good job of filling that role. Uh, The lions. I have third because outside of Tahir whitehead just not a whole lot there to offer and then Green Bay last because again they're Green Bay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> wow. This is becoming into a interesting segment here. Nick, it's how about like you? Anything. Who waits Green Bay the most? But I had the exact
1: same uh order that you did, Will. I had the Vikings first, Bears second, Packers third, because they are a little younger at the position and eh. Whatever, but the Lions and forth, but the Bears. Even though, like you guys said, there were those question marks at outside linebacker. You said a guy like Sam Achu came in and he filled in pretty well out there at outside linebacker. So, um, and then Christian Jones. Even though the game and the first game when Day and Trevathan was out, it, it was out of sorts. You you could definitely tell. But later on the season, he kind of got to it. He got the play calls in when Day and Trevathan wasn't there, or wh- when they were, you know, utilized both at the same time. So. They're going to be behind Minnesota because they those are the top linebackers in the division and you know one of the best defenses in the league. But the Bears are catching up though.
2: Yep, exactly. This is the thing. Last year we like last, last, last. You know, now mm-hmm. we're kind of like, all right, we're we're progressing. We're moving up the ladder a little bit, which, you know, the win-loss record didn't show it, but we have the right men now leading the team. So that should definitely change. And finally, the secondary. And Nick, I'm gonna go ahead and let you begin since you were last last time.
1: Yeah, this so I straight. got. I- Yeah, this one is a little tricky. Um, but I have the Vikings first, just because of what they got: Xavier Rhodes, Harrison Smith, Anderson Dayhills. They have a great secondary, great defense again. Uh, but I have the Bears second, and it's it's because uh the young safety duo of Adrian Amos and Eddie Jackson that really elevated uh just where the rankings that where I wanted to put. I was gonna put them third behind the Lions, but then I just thought about the potential that these two can have in 2018, building off of that season. You bring Kyle Fuller back. I, I mean, Amukamura, I not a guy that I necessarily like, but he filled in. I mean, it, I see that position getting addressed in 2018. So I'm going to put them second just slightly above the Lions, Darius Slate, Nevin Lawson, uh, the Glover Quinn, those guys. And then the Packers, that's secondary. Other than Haha Clint Dix, eh, there's a lot wrong with it.
2: Yep. Oh, don't forget Morgan Burnett as well, but uh, I even have uh high Clinton Dix. I just have Morgan Burnett for the Packers. Uh, but for me looking at, I agree with the Vikings on top makes sense. Uh, but I have the bears third right behind the Lions because of Darius Slade, Glover Quinn, those guys. Because with the bears, we don't know if Kyle Florida's coming back. We don't know if Bryce Callahan's coming back. We don't know if Prince of Mucamara is coming back or not. So much of the, all three of the starting corners right now are MIA. We don't know if they're coming back or not. So for that reason, I have the Bears third and I'm going to keep the Packers in last because I think that's what we're doing right now, which uh, <laughs> is okay. It's okay. We can do this just this once. But uh, Brandon, how about you? Where do you have the secondary ranked in the division? I have a second.
3: Just like you guys, it's very close between the bears and the lions there uh, for two and three. I gave it to the bears uh, just because as long as Kyle Fuller and Prince Mookamara and Bryce Callahan are still listed on the roster on the website, I'm going to put them there at second. Uh, I mean, the interception numbers didn't necessarily reflect how good of a secondary they are. Uh, but overall, I thought they played very well in coverage when guys tried to pick on or quarterbacks tried to pick on Kyle Fuller. Uh, he didn't let that happen very well. And aside from Prince Mukamara typically having to have one holding penalty, it was a very solid corner as well. And then the two safety duo, up top with amos and jackson
2: there we go i like it and again uh for those wondering you know i'm saying it's okay to kind of bash into packers a little bit number one just because i oh, don't usually last well oh, there we, i figure there we go <laughs> <laughs> but just because i don't usually use the show as a platform to go in here and kind of gripe about other teams even if it's the packers and it's a rival it's just something that i just try not to do too much but right now it's okay they're uh they're kind of turning in the wrong direction uh besides number uh 12 but that's okay this is exciting stuff here all right so one more thing before I enter the next segment, because we're going to come up and we're going to have another round of passion play. Uh, but I need to give a shout out to all of our patrons over at Patreon. So I just a huge thank you to, uh, uh CJ Nelson, uh, Travis weed, uh, Aaron hunt, Jonathan Lee, and Jonathan Odden for taking the next step and supporting our show with your generous donations. You know, they're not only super helpful as we strive to improve our product, but it's also just deeply appreciated. You know, we're humbled that you went out of your way to support our show because Patreon is something I don't really mention too much on the show. I don't put it on the website in a readily available place. Nothing I really promote. So for you to go ahead and find it and give us donations really do mean a lot. But if anyone listening does want to go ahead and support the show, help us out a little bit, you know, join this small but mighty group of patrons. uh, You can check out our page at thebearsbros.com slash donate or patreon.com slash the bears bros you know we have a lot of cool incentives like free t-shirts free posters for those who actually do decide to donate oh we like to give back as much as we can so definitely check it out if you're interested if not no big deal no pressure whatsoever but guys it's time let's go ahead and play another round of pass or play where this is kind of when we go rapid fire we talk about a list of players that are on uh, contracts uh, si- uh, situations we talk about if we were the gm would we bring them back or not And the first one I have up on the list is going to be Prince Amukamara. Some we've already mentioned here quite a few times on this show. And I'm going to go to Brandon here first because I think out of all of us, he might be the one closest to playing.
3: (laughs) Man, it's like you read my notes. But, I mean, I'm playing him because if Marcus Cooper's the other option, I mean, you have to bring back Prince, right? Because other than that, it's DeAndre Hall. I mean, come on. I mean, he's a serviceable at this point in his career, uh, but he sticks to his guys well. He's He wasn't really much of a liability outside of a typical holding penalty that he had to have, uh, it seemed like, once a game as the season was ending down there. Uh, I think people didn't have the expectations that they had for him. He finished with 48 tackles and seven pass deflections. He was just a big part of the defense uh, that was really kind of underrated. So I have to play him because I really don't want Marcus Cooper uh, or DeAndre Hall right now necessarily to be opposite of Kyle Fuller if he comes back, but he's next
2: all right Nick go ahead give us the pass and why we're
1: passing on Prince of Mookamora because I was looking into the stats to see how uh, much he was penalized for those pass interference calls those uh, penalties and I came across a website that to match gets all the statistics for you he was a 10th rated defensive back in the league and accumulated penalty yards with 99 out of all the cornerbacks he was number 10 with 99 yards so he was up there and he had Four pass interference calls, his longest being for 34. You just knew at some point in the game he was going to give up a first down due to a penalty, a holding, pass interference, whatever it was. And again, he didn't cause any. He he had one fumble recovery. Um, he didn't c- cause any turnovers with interceptions or anything like that. And we want we need that in Chicago. We need these turnovers, guys that are going to be able to get the ball. So but, I just think you can do better at the position. It was a one-year deal, test it out. But he just didn't do much for me.
3: But does it speak to you that? Quarterbacks were picking on Kyle Fuller more than they were Prince Amukamara.
1: Well, I mean, when they picked on him, I mean, the pass the yellow laundry was on the field. <laughs> so, I mean, it it can go either way. I mean, you test Fuller, and most of the times it was failure when quarterbacks would test him. But I just think you get someone more impactful than Amukamara. I know he's serviceable and probably our best option right now. But we'll see what pace does in free agency to get somebody else who maybe can make more of an impact. So right now, I'm going to pass on.
2: Okay, uh, so I have a few questions here. By the way, I'm at play, and I'll explain here in a minute. But, Nick, how many touchdowns did Amukamara give up last year? Do you know? I have no idea. Probably low because you're bringing it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> throw a number out there. Um, we'll, go, we'll go three. One. One, okay. I gave mean. up one touchdown. 99 yards in the grand scheme of things and penalties. It's something you can clean up with an offseason watching a little bit more tape. And again, a lot of those were ticky-tacky calls. Watch the postgame shows. You said the same thing. Uh, so those are some calls that we need to you know, kind of take with a grain of salt a little bit. Um, obviously, that was his biggest issue. But just that one touchdown given up, the, build, the fact that he was picked on way less, like Brandon said, Dan Kyle Fuller just kind of speaks volumes to the kind of coverage he did have on that side. And it was pretty quiet over there, but that's what we want out of the corner he is only 28 and another question for you Nick is do guys typically progress under Vic fangio for consecutive years being with him
1: typically they do well, but so. I mean we'll see what happens I'm I'm not a fan I'm not I think they could do better um I want to see now going back and watching I'm gonna go back and watch the film on the Mukamura see where like what the play was I mean how many times did teams actually throw the ball in the red zone or like when they picked on Prince Mukamura was there maybe a rubber I don't know I mean, that's that's a good statistic, though, but I'm still sticking with my
2: uh, pass on him. I'm I'm going to I think they could just do better. All right. That's fine. Again, there are decent price. options, but again, we'll see how it all plays out because I, I think that if the bears, especially if they go after Fuller and they don't know his fate yet, it'd be kind of foolish to just give up totally on Amukamara, Don't even offer him anything. And then Fuller ends up walking a gets gypped because we didn't really pursue him that hard. And then we're starting completely over on the outside and corners. So I definitely he, don't make the move. Let him go.
1: If Fuller goes, you don't let him go. That, that would be foolish. No, you definitely have to, if you know, Fuller's coming back, you see what your other options are. But if Fuller goes, then you have to bring back Mugamore because then that's two cornerback positions that you got to go exactly. look and address immediately. But if
2: Fuller goes, then we'll see what, what, what they end up doing there. And one other side note here in my notes, I do have have him earn the spot in camp. So if you do bring another competition and you bring back a Mukamara, you know, you don't just give him the starter's role. You have him starting there, but you allow the competition below him to kind of, of course, you know, you go to camp, you want to have, you know, competition. You want to have people earn roster spots, earn starting roles. If someone outright beats him for that job, then I'm totally fine with him getting replaced. Uh, But I think it'd be kind of, why is to bring him back, or at least pursue him in free agency? See what it is. The Bears can have plenty of cap room, and I think you could bring him in with a pretty friendly deal. Uh, but let's go to move on, and it's another corner, and it's one we've already mentioned a lot. Uh, Kyle Fuller. I think we're all going to go ahead and say play. And if I'm wrong, I'm, I apologize. But Brandon, I'm going to go ahead and go first: pass or play?
3: Oh, I'm playing him. I think he's uh, one of the building blocks, actually, for this defense. He's just a very important piece. He's grown so much. I mean, he had that one uh, stretch in his rookie year; he was really good. Kind of the sophomore slump didn't play much in 2016. Uh, really came into his own here in 2017. I think he's a very important piece for his defense.
2: Didn't play at all in 2016. Uh, let's just right. make sure. But um, for me, you know, Fuller, I'm bringing him back because A, we saw it last year, right? We let Alshon Jeffrey walk and look what he's doing. He's going to go play in a Super Bowl. He had a pretty decent season there in Philadelphia. I just want to see that happen again. I don't want to see another Bears draft pick let go, succeed somewhere else because it just puts a pit in my stomach each and every time. And what I think we saw a lot of Kyle Fuller last year, you know, he had a few of those poor games, uh, but he was like the most targeted corner in the entire NFL and he really held his own. And I just really liked his confidence level. It trended upward the entire season and for any player, but especially cornerbacks, confidence is like a huge part of the gig. So to have him trending in the right direction with his confidence with another off season with Vic Fangio, which, by the way, is going to be a theme for me. Uh, I just expect good things to happen with Kyle Fuller if they bring him back. So I have to, you know, I have to play Kyle Fuller, no doubt about it. How about you, Nick? I mean, I know the answer, but I'm asking anyway. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. You got to play Kyle Fuller. I think uh, you, you, like
1: you said, Will, you can't have these these first-round picks, especially walk and go somewhere else. I mean, the the way to be a better football team is you have to be able to retain these guys. And you know, the more of, you know, for, especially first-rounders, those are your building block, foundational players. And you know, you lock up Kyle Fuller. Bring him. It, it would be nice if we got him back on, you know, a three-four year deal. Just and just to know that, hey, that position's locked down. Again, I think Pace maybe wants to see him prove himself again. But yeah, you definitely got to play Kyle Fuller.
2: All right. So we're all playing Kyle Fuller, which brings on to number three, Christian Jones. Cheese. Nick, pass for play? we're playing uh Christian Jones. I think
1: he was a versatile player who's, you know, at times he was playing outside linebacker, he was playing inside linebacker and the depth uh is definitely good for the Bears especially with the injuries that they've sustained over the past couple of seasons now. You definitely need a guy who can come in, he's not going to skip a beat and um just a guy that is good for your team. So, definitely a guy. He's not a starter. I don't think he's a starter, but he's definitely a guy when his, you know, his number's called on, you can count on him to do his job and, you know, do it pretty well.
2: Yep. And when the Bears, when they have those injury issues that we seem to have every season, which by the way, hopefully that's not a thing in the past, but in essence, he is a starter for at least half of the season in some aspect or not. So for Christian Jones, I'm playing as well. High quality depth piece. Uh, Despite the fact that he only started 11 games last year, he led the team with tackles with 90. Uh, His instincts have just gotten better each and every year. He's been with Vic Fangio now for three years, only 26 years old. So he just has more potential that's waiting to be untapped. Plus he does bring special teams value as well as he's out there on those units. So Christian Jones, you know, he just brings a lot to the table. Don't think the contract to be unreasonable whatsoever. He might want to kind of see uh the market, kind of see if he can find a starting job somewhere else, but hopefully uh, there's enough love between him and Fanjo that he wants to come back here in Chicago and kind of play within or his little role that he's kind of niched himself out here. But uh how about you b Christian Jones, faster play?
3: I'm actually very torn here. He's blossomed into this really good player on defense after, you know, at least I know Will and I always kind of made fun of him and Shane McClellan on the same defense. Like these guys are absolutely clueless out there. Yeah, but when he plays alongside Danny Trevathan, I mean, he looks really well. He's very solid. He led the team in tackles quite a few times throughout the year. I just don't know what the best plan of action here. I mean, bring him into camp, but I think there's some guys in our backyard, Will, that I mean could do essentially almost the same job for a cheaper price uh, because I think he's going to ask a lot more than what he should be getting for a backup. So I don't, I don't really know what the best plan of action in here is. I'm going to say pass on him. I think.
2: Oh wow, interesting! Yeah, that uh, that one—that was surprising. That that, I'm shocked. I'm like, I don't even know what to say. But okay, Brandon's (laughs) gonna pass on Christian Jones. I think you're just doing that to have a different opinion here, but that's okay. Uh That's all right. So I'm gonna go right back to you then, Brandon, because you just—I'm appalled by that actually a little bit. So I'm gonna give you uh, the next guy on our list. We have Sherrick McManus, uh, the special teams captain. He is getting a little bit older. He is 30 now, so. The decision here is uh, an interesting one. And uh, so go ahead, B, pass your play on Sherrick McManus.
3: I'm playing because, like you said, he's a special teams captain. He's a very important piece. I think there was one game or one stretch throughout a game where he didn't play all that much, and there was a play that Sherrick McManus would have made uh, that didn't get made. So he just plays a very bigger
0: role than I think some people are. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at Tempur-Pedic.com. All right, one
2: play for McManus. And
1: Nick, how about you? You can make that, too. I'm playing Sherrick McManus as well. I think the game, I forget which game you're referring to, but I know exactly what you're talking about, Brandon, because as soon as uh, McManus, he was out for that game, and it seemed like special teams were just out of whack, and I think there was a big return given up in that game as well. But Sherrick McManus, you never want to see, like, your third, fourth guy out there playing like a nickel or a cornerback, but, I mean... It happens. And hopefully, we don't want to see McManus doing that. He's a special teams guy, and you need those guys. You definitely need them. And so that's why I'm playing him.
2: Yeah. You know, he took part of 65% of all the special team snaps last season. And like he said, we don't want him out there in defense, but kind of, right? You like that Sheriff McManus blitz package that Vic Fangio likes to bring out. That's always fun to watch. Um, but no, I really think there's no reason to disrupt it. He's been a staple of the special teams for years. Um, I think now I, he, if he wants to come back and play, you know, just make sure he comes back to play in Chicago. I'd really wouldn't want to see him go. He is a Peoria, Illinois native. And kind of like when the Bears let Brandon Badagel walk, the entire special teams took a dip. And I think if you lost McManus, I think the same thing would arise here. So it's going to be a trifecta here. We're all going to go ahead and play uh, Sherrick here. And let's move on to number five. We have the mini fridge, Mitch Unrine, pass or play? Uh, last year, we all said pass. Let's put that on record. So it'll be interesting to see if we changed or not. Nick, I'm going to go to you first. Right now, I have nothing next to Mitch
1: Unrine. So I was just going to make <laughs> this up as soon as you ask me and well, see how the conversation goes. Right now, I'm going to I'm gonna pass on Mitch Unrine, actually. I think now's the time to actually address that position. Pace has to do it, whether, again, through free agency or the draft. I think he'll get it done. He's a serviceable guy, yes, but we need we need playmakers. We need guys that are going to be in, more than just serviceable, impactful. That's what we need to go for in 2018 if we want to move forward to be not just a good defense but a great one. He's a guy that fills the role, does his job. We need someone who does a little bit more than that, so I'm going to
2: pass on Mitch Unrein. All right. We have one pass for Mitch, not, not Trubisky, Unrein. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and go over to Brandon here. Uh, pass replay play on Mr. Unrein.
3: Got to play the mini fridge. I mean, he had a career year for him anyway on uh-huh. his standard level, you know. But, I mean, if he doesn't come back and Ray Robertson-Harris and or uh, uh, Jonathan Bullard end up taking his spot for a bigger role, I mean, that doesn't hurt me any because, like Nick said, we need those impactful playmakers. And if it comes from a younger younger source, then so be it. But I'm playing Mitch Arndt.
2: Me as well, just because you just have to credit him, A, for sticking around and improving, because it's actually really interesting when you compare his 2016 to his 2017. Uh, he played in relatively the same amount of games. Uh, he paired in 13 games, started nine uh, two seasons ago in 2016. And then last season, he was in one less. He played 12 games, and he started eight uh, due to injury. Uh, but despite the fact that he played one last game, he did double his total tackles. I went from 12 and it jumped up to 24. He also improved his sack numbers by half of a sack, which you know, one to one and a half isn't the biggest of jumps. Um, but he is 30, so we need to keep that in mind as well. But I'm gonna bring him back to training camp. I'll at least play him there because, like the other players, he needs to earn that starting spot. Um, and if he does, that's fine. Um, but Nick, like you say, he's serviceable. We need someone to do more. We don't have that player yet, so we might as well have Mitch come back to camp. And worst case scenario. He'd still be a pretty relatively inexpensive uh, depth piece as a, as a defensive line that we couldn't have put in the rotation. And I think at fresh Mitch Unrein, you know, he might not go out there and be a world beater, but he can go out there and uh, not have a huge drop-off if someone did go out there and take his spot. Um, but obviously, we want to go ahead and entice other free agents to come to Chicago. And if you look at Mitch Unrine, his production, how it jumped, You got to bring them back because then you show players that you will reward those to go out there, put in the effort, and improve. And I think by doing that, it'll help us for years down the road when other players are looking to come here to Chicago. So I wonder, I'll play. If he just made the, we know that Mitch Unruh was a John Fox guy. I wonder if, like, there was a
1: decision at some point. Oh, do we bring him back? Do we not? John Fox maybe had that final decision. And this was a contract year for guys, so you also got to account for that. Like, oh, okay, you know, I got to step it up here so I can earn that money, that next paycheck, that to have the longevity for to play a little bit longer here. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, maybe he wouldn't have been here in the first place. If
2: John Fox would have been fired, you know, two years ago when he should have been, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And that's an interesting point, too, because, you know, Don Fox had his little bit of say with his guys, like you said. So that would be interesting to see if that was Mitch and how things kind of change now. But again, Vic Fangio's worked with them for a couple of years. So we'll see how that all kind of plays out. But moving on, next up on our list, we're going to go to a couple outside linebackers. We're going to go ahead and start with uh, Lamar Houston. An interesting one, um, at least for me, or maybe you guys as well, or for those listening. Uh, intriguing, kind of, maybe not. Uh, Brandon, pass or play for Lamar Houston? I'm passing. Uh, I mean, he
3: he was he played really well when he first got here. He had a sack every week in week 13, 14, and 15. At least one sack. He had two in week 15, I believe. Uh, but after that, he just really cooled off and didn't really feel like he was on the field, wasn't making uh, the impact. Uh, I believe he did lead the team in sacks in 2015. Uh, but I think his, his better days are behind him, and I think the Bears can do better here. So I'm passing on Lamar.
1: All right. Nick, are you passing as well? You know, this one's a tough one because let's say they do cut from McPhee. You have Leonard Floyd who hasn't been able to play, Acho, and then um, Willie Young. If you can do a deal where it's it's not going to hurt the team in any way and you're just kind of banking like, hey, whatever Lamar Houston gives us, he's a body. I mean, they brought him back because they needed bodies. And, you know, obviously he plays outside linebacker position and knew the scheme. So I'm going to go with. Play. It's not a very confident one. It's no. not one where I'm like, yeah, he's going to be here, but I'll play him for now. Um They just need people at the position because we don't know who's going to get cut, who's not going to make it. But I think he edges out like a Pernell McPhee just because he'll be cheaper. And again, Pernell McPhee hasn't been really able to stay on the field, like, like Houston a little bit, but I think you, you can just less money is a big thing here.
2: Sure. For me, I'm passing. Uh, you talk about those four sacks, but I was looking through my game notes ever since he came back and I just really griped about the inconsistency from him. He either a home run or he's striking out. And unfortunately, I saw far too many strikeouts. And when you watch the tape too, he just doesn't have the same burst. Uh, those injuries have taken a toll on him. You know, he can't really... You know, we talked about the sack number. We talked about getting after the quarterback, but even against the run, you really can't hold his Contain. He's kind of lost some of that overall speed, that acceleration. I saw him just miss too many backs You know, who bounce it outside. He doesn't have the, you know, the initial burst to get that back and just letting him get to the boundary and turn it up field. So we need someone who can obviously create more of a consistent pass rush and f- force those ball carriers inside to the Akeem Hicks, to the Eddie Goldman, to those inside linebackers. So for me. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pass on Lamar Houston. I think they cut him uh, last year for a reason, brought him back, like you said, for a body. But we can get plenty of bodies in free injury. I think
1: he was injured why they cut him. And I'd rather have a guy that at least has the potential for the home run and not just strikes out. You know, I mean, uh, McPhee was a guy who most likely struck out. He struck out swinging on all three balls. It just was not. He had a pitch count, too. So he, <laughs> he had a pitch. All ba- We're bringing in baseball to football. But, yeah, I'm. it's going to. Like I said, I wasn't very confident with it. We'll see what ends up happening with Lamar Houston. All right. So another outside linebacker on the contract, Sam Acho. Nick, right back to you. Pass or play. I'm going to play Sam Acho. I think when he was in there, he was a, you know, he did his job. And um, he's not just a, he also play, obviously plays on everybody but he, he contributed on special teams as well, playing 53% of the snaps, started 12 games for the Bears. I, I didn't even, I looked at the stats. I'm like, wow, really? Um, but yeah, I thought that um, even though he's not a starter, he still played like you know he was. And that's that's what we want. We just want a guy that's gonna be able to contain the edge. If he gets to the quarterback, that's great. We'll take that. But yeah, Sam Ma- Sam Macho is a good person, good player to have on the team.
2: And he's a good person as well, you know, especially off the field, always in consideration for the Walter player Walter Payton player of the year, man of the year award. I should probably know my award before I try to you know <laughs> go ahead and announce it. So good thing I don't have to do that one. That would be embarrassing. But uh Brandon, over to you for Sam Macho. Are you gonna pass or are you gonna play?
3: Uh, you know, I'm this is another one I'm really torn on. I like him as a player. Uh, solid guy. He doesn't really uh, uh, create much of a liability out there uh, for for the Bears defense. He doesn't have an injury history either, which is uh, very important. I I'm put a little star next to that. Uh, but if the opportunity arises for an upgrade,
2: then I think he's gone.
3: Uh, but I think you definitely have to bring him back to camp.
2: All right. You know, I was torn as well when I was looking at it. And then I saw the selfie that he and I took at training camp. And a big smile on his face. I was like, I can't say no to that. I need to bring him back. So for me, I'm playing him, but for serious reasons, you know, like we said, he's not a starter, uh, but when he's out there, I mean, he is a starter. He started 12 games, but, you know, he shouldn't be the starter. That's the problem, number one. Um, But when he's out there, you know, there's not a huge drop-off in production by the Bears' defense. He is only 29, uh, which is getting close to that 30 mark. But, again, he's been with Fangio now for a few seasons. He knows the system. He has that body. I think he's a better body than Lamar Houston. And I talked about how he is a great man off the field. And, you know, we talk about sack numbers a lot, but something that he can do Um, that really you don't see a lot or hear a lot about in terms of Sam Macho is his ability in coverage. He only allowed about 15 catches on 100 coverage snaps last season. So for a backup piece, I think he's a good fit. Uh, He brings some versatility to the table in terms of what you can do with the position, either drop him back in coverage or have him go after the quarterback. Uh, So for me, Sam Macho, and I think there's a few times when he's really good at diagnosing screens and kind of blowing those up. So for me, uh, Sam Macho, he's going to get a play here. And this brings us to a defensive lineman up next. We have John Jenkins, pass or play. Uh, we brought him in last year on a one-year deal. Are you going to bring him back? Brandon, you're the trenches guy. We have to start with you. Uh, no, I'm not.
3: This is a hard pass. He, just, I think he had five tackles or something like that. He just wasn't much of a contributor, so I got to pass on John Jenkins.
1: All right. I mean, there you go. How about you, Nick? Same here. And he only played 109 defensive snaps, which is like 10, uh, just a little above 10. So it wasn't much of a contributor. You can get a better player at that position.
2: Exactly, you know the the tackles, the sacks. It doesn't really concern me. He's a no tackle. I just want him to go out there, plug lanes, plug up running lanes, uh, make it hard for the offense to move that body, make them earn it. He didn't really even do that. Like I said, he's only out there about ten percent or some out of the snaps. Which uh, I want someone to go out there and spell Eddie Goldman, give him a true breather for maybe a series to get him to go out there and be fresh when the situation calls for it. When it's you know those money drives, especially late in games where you don't have a John Jenkins out there because. Goldman's gas because he's been playing all game. So we need to find a better nose tackle uh, to back up Eddie Goldman that doesn't have such a drop-off and is a little bit more reliable to be on the field, just a little bit more. So for me, John Jenkins, like Brandon said, a hard pass. And moving on to number nine, let's go ahead and talk about a restricted free agent, Bryce Callahan. Pass for play. I think this is another one of those no-brainers, but you guys could surprise me. Let's go to Nick for this one first. I'm playing Bryce Callahan. I like Bryce Callahan. I think um,
1: when he got here, he the thing with him was, Availability Was he going to be on the field? He, he does have a, a lot of injury issues, but this was the, the game or this past season. He played the most games, had the most snaps. He had 512 snaps in 20, uh, 2017 from 489 in 2016, 322 in 2015. So he's gotten healthier. He's been able to play a little bit more and he had two interceptions, a career high for him. So when he's out there, he's able to lock down some guys, especially in the nickel uh, position um, And he's even played outside at the corner. You don't want that, but he's able to do it. So Bryce Callahan, I definitely want to play and bring back. All right. B, are you in the same boat here?
3: I am. I think this is actually a need. I have him start and highlight as a guy that the Bears definitely need to bring back. He's one of those building block guys like he is uh, with Cal Fuller. Uh, I mean, he's quick shifty in coverage, like Nick said, stays on his guy very well. And when he does get burned, I mean, he's got the acceleration and speed to catch back up to him. So, I mean, I think he's definitely a staple for this defense.
2: Like you guys, I am eating the Bryce pudding. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. I thought it was funny. A like Bryce, and he also went to Rice at college, so it's a double, it's double go. pun here. So I had to definitely throw that out there. But <laughs> I went back and I saw our countdown to camp series last year, and we we're talking about the Bears secondary, and we all had a decent debate um, between Bryce Callahan and Crayvon LeBlanc. We had some differing opinions on who we kind of wanted uh, to have at the nickel corner, and I think we can all agree that the Bears made the right decision to having you know Bryce Callahan be that guy. You know, he was an undrafted guy. Uh, just a few seasons ago, but he's had his best season last year he Had two interceptions, six passes, defense, and a sack. Obviously the big issue with him is his longevity, his durability. He hasn't been able to put a full season together yet, but again, he is a very solid nickel corner. who can continue to get better by staying in the same system with Vic Fangio. Stay with this guy. He's very, also very sound against the run uh, and run support. And also he's very aggressive, kind of like Sam way when diagnosing screens. We talk about that a few times throughout the post game shows last year, even the year before. So for me, Bryce Cowan all the way, you know, play and pay that man. He deserves it for an undrafted guy to go out there, earn his role on this Bears defense. You know, he deserves a contract to stay here in Chicago, which brings us to our last player of pass and play. And that's going to be John Timu. And Brandon, I'm going to go to you first.
3: Christian Jones and John Teemu were the two hardest guys for me on this list. I am just so torn on John Teemu because he's in a similar situation as Christian Jones. I think that we can bring in guys uh, who have high potential who could fill these guys' roles for a Little cheaper of a price, uh, but the special teams, he's a special teams guy. Uh, I think that that's an area that the Bears can shore up. So, for continuity purposes, I'm going to play John Timu. I don't know if I 100% agree with myself there, it's not a <laughs> confident play. I just I don't know. There's there's some guys, uh, Juwan Bentley and uh, to Gray Scales from Indiana, uh, two very, uh, very good all Big Ten first team linebackers. Uh, coming out of the Big Ten I think and fill these these spots just fine for a cheaper price in the middle rounds and then draft. I just I'm just torn on what to do with these guys.
2: Oh see I knew you're gonna make good about Purdue beating Indiana on Sunday so you give a shout out to an Indiana linebacker. I appreciate it. But oh seriously uh, Nick, pass or play on Timo. I'm actually going
1: to pass on John Timo. There's a great linebacker out of Iowa, Josie Chool <laughs> if we want to go <laughs> for the inside linebackers to Big Ten. <laughs> just saying. But uh, he's a guy, he was obviously injured last season. I don't think he's the most athletic guy. has a lot of speed. And again, Christian Jones, I think it's going to be, it's going to come down to those final 53. Is it, Who do you want, Christian Jones or do you want a John Timu? I think there's just more potential of Christian Jones and what he's shown on the field with the tape that he's already has out there than a John Timu. He's had had some great plays, Um, but again, I think it will come down to those two guys making that final 53. I just have to give it to Christian Jones making
2: it. Yeah, I, I see you there, and I think Timo's all his great plays. Technically, they come in preseason, so they don't really count just yet. Uh, for me, I'm going to play him, at least bring him to camp, see if he can earn himself a roster spot. I don't think his contract, no matter what it would be, would be really too daunting either way. Does a robot know you like a neighbor?
0: Insurance Corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future.
2: Let's protect it. We let him go uh, come August or not. But for me, uh, the one piece of evidence I can have to support my play is if you look back at that first Minnesota game, uh, when he left that game, like the Bears defense was doing a decent job. But as soon as he got hurt and he fell out, and they had to put in Jonathan Anderson. Uh, we couldn't stop Derek McKinnon to save our life. You know, John Timo, that, I think that showed his value a little bit that he's a decent inside linebacker who can step in um, when an injury happens and there's not a drastic drop off. Uh, yeah, you saw it with Jonathan Anderson. So for me, I'll play John Timo, see if he can come back, uh, earn himself a roster spot. But, uh, you know, he's found himself more in the practice squad than the active roster. We'll see how it all shakes up. But for me, I'll at least bring him back. Uh, for more continuity purposes as well. So that's going to do it for Pass or Play. The final segment we have is fan questions, which I do notice we already went for an hour, which is crazy. This show just kind of flies by. So we're going to go through this uh, rather quickly here. And so the first one comes from last week, uh, Connor and Paul wanted to know about our top free agents. And I told him I was split it up between, Offense and defense, he's still weak. So uh guys, I want to know do you have any potential defensive free agents that you're already kind of keying in on here in the early stages of the offseason? And Nick, I'll go to you first. So I wouldn't I don't know if I'd say they're top free agents, maybe just guys to look at for the Bears and
1: maybe they potentially can go after. Malcolm Butler's a free agent from the New England Patriots. And I already said that Prince of Mukamura is maybe not a guy that I want back. He's a guy that can upgrade that cornerback position. Um, you have D Ford from he's an outside linebacker from the the Penn State Chiefs he's a former first round pick um he's only 27 years old had 20 uh, had 10 sacks in 2016 missed some time in 2017 due to a back injury but he's a young guy who we needed outside linebacker we just need bodies there and you bring in a young guy like that that could be a potential guy to bring in another guy um this one's I guess my most uh questionable one Adrian Claiborne he's uh he played 16 games last season for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, had nine and a half sacks, six came against the Cowboys. He would be, de- he'd definitely be an upgrade over a Mitch on I don't know how much that contract would be, if it would be too expensive, but is it is an upgrade. And he has shown that he has been healthier on the past three years in Atlanta. So maybe that's a, a route that maybe Ryan Pace goes to address that defensive line position. Not a huge, huge impactful player, but definitely more of an impact than a Mitch on Ryan. So those are the guys
2: that I was kind of looking at, but who do you guys got? Interesting that you asked, Nick. Thank you. I have, I have the Quan Jones. He's a three, four defensive end from Tennessee. Uh, number one, he already has experiences of three, four defensive end, which those are rare right now in this free agency class. When you look at it, he had three and a half sacks last year in the 12 games played and he had 31 combined tackles. He's only 26. Won't even turn 27 until December. He's a guy. When you look at his stats, he's gotten better each and every season. And I think going under the wings of Vic Fangio, it can just take his game. The new heights. Uh, he's coming off a biceps injury. So he might not be too overly Expensive with the injury concerns. Um, and another fun fact, he was a teammate of Adrian Amos at Penn State, so I really like bringing those two back together. Um, another one I have is a cornerback out of uh, the Washington, uh, Bashad Breland. I know our writer, Devontae Tidwell, he had him on his list of free agents to watch, and I checked into it, and it really does um, make a good argument because he had one interception last year with 19 passes defense. He only allowed a passer rating of about 75.6 all season long, which is about 10 10- ratings or points or whatever you want to call it, uh, lower than Prince of Mucamara. Um, but he is only 26 and Mukamara is, you know, nearing 30. So that could be a younger option to have not have a, such a drastic drop off, um, from Prince of Mucamara. If we do decide to go away from him, I think Breland might be a good choice. And lastly, I have an outside linebacker. Uh, he played here in Indianapolis, uh, last season, but, uh, Bracavius Mingo, I uh, came to New England two seasons ago on a one year deal. Uh, he got the opportunity to start in, Indianapolis. He didn't deploy the de- disappoint. He had a career high in tackles, led the entire Colts defense with forced fumbles and fumble recoveries. He has elite uh, athleticism that we all know that Ryan Pace covets at the position. And I believe he even has more potential waiting to be on tapped here. Uh, he was 2013 uh, sixth overall pick. Um, so it's, I think he was a very valuable part of the Colts and Patriot special teams as well over the last two seasons. So he also adds some value there. So I can see him pushing for a starters role and also be an exceptional rotational piece. If we brought him into Chicago, and Brandon, over to you, free agents. Kyle Fuller and
3: Bryce Callahan. I think those two guys are very, very important uh, for the <laughs> bears defense. Uh but the the other one outside of guys on our team uh that I had highlighted was Anthony Hitchens, an outside linebacker from Dallas. He's just a guy on the rise as far as his playing ability goes. He's twenty six and still has still has some room to grow, still has some potential to uh to fill out. So I think that he's a guy that can flourish under Vic system. And if we're gonna overhaul outside linebacker, that's a guy that I that I think I want.
2: All right, and B, I'm going to go right back to you for the next question. It comes from James. He wanted to know any defensive players from the Senior Bowl that you like to see in a Bears uniform?
3: Uh, showing my bias here in the Big Ten, uh, I already named dropped Juan Bentley. Uh, I mean, I think he's a guy that's going to be available in the in the mid-rounds to replace John team or Christian Jones if they decide to let him go, but I think he's the fastest a guy that I've seen that weighs 250 pounds. If you go check out the Minnesota Purdue highlights when he took the interception at the end of the game back to the house, I mean, he's out running receivers. Uh, he's just got a lot of upside, in my opinion. The other guy is Taquan to, to Lewis from Ohio State, a defensive end. Uh, over his career, he's accumulated 112 tackles, 36 and a half tackles for loss, and 23 and a half sacks. Plus, he's got the Buckeye record for most games played at 55. Uh, so he's just really a really reliable guy, and I think uh, both these guys would bring
2: some value. All right. How about you, Nick? A couple names.
1: Yeah, so I didn't get to watch the entire Senior Bowl, but a guy that really stood out and he's really getting a lot of publicity right now is UTSA's uh, Marcus Davenport, a guy, smaller school, but he had a couple of sacks in that Senior Bowl game, returned a fumble for a touchdown. Then the other guy I have is Ole Miss outside linebacker Marquise Haynes. He finished with uh, at Ole Miss as the career leader in both sacks and tackles for loss. Both are positions the Bears definitely need to address, defensive end. Then also outside linebacker.
2: So those are guys I was looking at. Again, I didn't get to watch the entire game, but yeah, those guys. All right. So for me, my two, I got a cornerback out of Boston College. His name's Isaac. I think Iadam. Oh, I could not find a pronunciation on okay. it anywhere, so that's my best guess. Um, but I think he could be an interesting day two prospect. He had a great week down in Mobile. Uh, reports were that he was glued to receivers all week and demonstrated the awareness to track and knock down balls, uh, which is something obviously that is a plus. Um, And I also hear that he reminds scouts of Adarius Slay. So that's not a bad comparison to have whatsoever. And another one, I have another defensive end. His name's BJ Hill. He's out of NC state. Uh, He's known for being a top notch run defender that the bears can grab even on maybe the third day of the draft. Um, He is tough to the, and very quick to the point of attack. He's reliable when filling his gaps. He had 57 tackles, five and a half for a loss and three sacks last season. Um, he's very quick. Apparently, he has like that quick twitch, and especially for some of the size, he's six four, three fifteen. Um, and I honestly, people just rave about him all week, and he's still going to be perhaps even a third day prospect for so someone to be a senior who has the ability. uh, Defensive end is the push- position we need. I think B J Hill might not be a bad option come the fifth, sixth round if he is still available. So those are my two guys. Um, up next we have a question from Tristan, which was just be. Tristan, thanks for moderating, by the way, but uh, you want to know what part of the defense between defensive line, linebacker, corner, and safety do you expect to be the strong point for next season, which, of course, there's a lot of revolving pieces right now until we really can give a great answer, but as of right now, who would you guys choose and why? I think I'm going to go with safety Uh, just for those two. uh, There's only two spots, and I love both Eddie Jackson and Adrian Amos back there, so for me, uh, safety. Nick, how about you?
1: I'm gonna have to go safety as well. Those are the actually only the position the safeties are actually solidified. You know who the guys are going to be going to 2018. Everywhere else, there's at least a piece missing. Uh obviously defensive end, we talked about outside linebacker. We don't know who's gonna be opposite of Leonard Floyd and if those guys are gonna be healthy. So I definitely have to go with uh safety as well. All right, and B, wrap it up.
3: Get your brooms out because it's a sweep for safety. The only position yeah. <laughs> without many question marks around it, so it's gotta be safety.
2: All right. There we go. There we go. Safety all the way around. And let's go into the next one. Uh, It comes from Justin. He wanted to know uh, some potential free agents to watch. They can add a pass rush opposite of Leonard Floyd. I think we already hit that one. So hopefully you're listening throughout the entirety of the show, Justin. And I hope we did answer your question. If not, uh, just reach out on Twitter. Let us know and we can definitely clarify it just a little bit more. Uh, the next one comes from Chicago underscore 96 underscore on Twitter. And uh, he wanted to know, can a, can the defense break into the top five? And also, is this a playoff robust type of season? Uh, Nick, I'm going to let you go ahead and man both of these questions today. Okay. Gotcha. So
1: can the defense break to the top five? You bring, you draft, uh, if you draft maybe one of the needs, one of the defensive end or cornerback, whatever one it is, and you get a good player that can probably start. And then you get some key free agents. I think so. I mean, we've seen teams do this. You saw Jacksonville just do this this season. They went from, you know, being a good defense to, you know, a top five. So they could definitely do that. Just it it all depends on who comes in. And if the Bears can actually stay healthy for an entire season, I think they can definitely be a top five defense. And also, is it a playoff or a bust in Chicago? Um, They don't have to make the playoffs. I don't really expect them to. This is a second year quarterback going into, you know, obviously with a new coaching staff. So I don't think it's. Uh, playoffs are bust. I mean, they can get close. I want them to be maybe a win off, or obviously, I'd want them to make it. But if they're a win away from getting to the playoffs, I think that's a very successful season, especially if you see the team just making progressive steps and going in the right direction.
2: Yeah, that's, a, that's definitely key. And way to catch yourself there. I was like, if you're going to be unhappy, <laughs> if we make the playoffs, then I'm can't make it. You need some serious help if that's the case. But, uh, Brandon, I'm going to go ahead and give you the next question for the sake of time. It comes from uh, Jeff and Justin because both of them asked about Kyle Fuller uh, being back or not. And then Justin even added he wanted to know if the Bears don't bring back uh, both Amukamara and Fuller. What kind of impact would that have on free agency?
3: I think I've made my point about Kyle Fuller. He's very, very important to this defense, one of the building blocks that I think they need to retain. Uh, but if neither of them comes back, it plays a big role in free agency. Uh, it means they're going to have to uh, spend a little more money than I think Grant Pace uh, would like to, I, th- I know they have the cap space to do it, but it might, you know, want to be used in other places. Uh, so I think Fuller is going to be highly sought after. In my opinion, so that leaves guys like Tremaine Johnson and Malcolm Butler that Nick brought up, uh, for the Bears to target, getting, uh, back both of them or just one of them is going to be a huge part as far as how they attack free agency.
2: Exactly, and then if we end up losing both of them, and we have to put more resources into it, then it kind of takes right. away from other areas of the team where you can spend uh, just a little bit more money. All right, so we got two more questions, guys, and it comes—they both come from me. I know you guys didn't know these are coming up, so uh, <laughs> no surprises all the me. way around. <laughs> All right, so this, of course, is Super Bowl week. So I wanted to know uh, your guys' opinion here. Uh, What's the one thing, and this can be offense or defense. I know we've focused on defense today, but the one thing that is the biggest barrier between the Bears returning to the Super Bowl as of today. And I know you guys are thinking, so I'm going to let you go ahead and think, and I'll give you my thoughts. I believe it's just the offense taking more steps in the right direction and probably a playmaker on the outside. I think that and then probably the learning curve of figuring out Matt Nagy's new system uh, for a young offense is going to be the biggest barrier not that they can't overcome it but i think give them a season or two to kind of master it get into the 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 nitty-gritty of it the make sure they know all the nuances of the entire new system on offense while they kind of bring in more playmakers across the board i think that's probably the biggest barrier right now facing this team you know we talked about the defense for over an hour but that defense is still pretty set in a lot of aspects as well a lot of question marks too as we noted but uh brandon i'm going to go to you first biggest barrier for the bears and the super bowl return that we're all waiting for
3: uh, I think it's, it's just going to be a new coach this year. Uh, a lot of kinks to figure out, and it's not going to be solved overnight. Uh, they won't figure it out in the preseason, and they probably won't figure it out till week three or four. There's just going to have to be some things that they work out, uh, logistics things, getting guys on not know the field, play calling, knowing the playbook, things like that. I think it'll take some time, and I, it's going to prohibit the team from getting to the Super Bowl next year.
2: Right. Well, I'm not saying next year. I'm just saying, well, like, in, ter- in, in, general, in general, returning. Yeah,
3: it's, gonna, it's largely going to be uh, kinks just with the new coach.
2: Okay, sounds good. I appreciate it.
1: How about you? It has to be the offense because it was just dreadful to watch this past season, and it didn't do much for the Bears. The defense was out there too long, and I, another thing that goes with this uh, confidence, the Bears have been a losing team for for a while now, and they just got to believe that they can be compete with these teams and actually win and keep on winning. There's so many times when they're in games where maybe you know at a, a certain point when the offense goes out the field, defense goes out, like all right, we have to go out and you know guard these guys again. But our offense isn't going to be able to do something. So that offense, I think, that's the biggest barrier keeping the Bears from being a winning football team. Just someone that can compete, and just the confidence that goes along with that. So you you get those can progressively moving in the right direction. Get the offense scoring,
2: sustaining drives. That confidence is going to build up. So I think those are the two big things. All right, and the final question for the entire show, uh, Super Bowl Sunday, who wins? bats equals. Who you got, Nick? You can't bet against Tom Brady. He's the GOAT. So the Patriots are going to win. It'll be a close game, though. Be a close
1: game because uh, this past Super Bowl was the largest margin of victory for the for the Patriots with six points. Every other Super Bowl that Tom Brady's played in been four points or less. So Patriots will win. It'll just be a close game. All right. How about you, B? Yeah, but I'm taking the Patriots as well, it's tough to beat uh,
3: Belichick and Brady in this situation.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Brandon, you can bring your broom back wherever it's at. But uh, I'm going to go ahead <laughs> and give the Patriots here. You know, if Donovan McNabb and T.O. couldn't do it, I don't know if Nick Foles and Alshon Jeffrey could do it as well. So for me, I'm going to go ahead and give it to the Patriots. Uh, hopefully, I mean, honestly, I think we all hope we're all wrong. And I think we all want the Eagles to go ahead and win. Maybe. Nick, Nick likes Tom Brady. I though. like Tom Brady, man. He's a very fiery
1: guy and very passionate. I like that about him.
2: Yeah, but when they win more Super Bowls than I, you know, that my nephew has birthdays in the last like decade, it's like, uh, I'm just i ready for something else, (laughs) new winners. Uh, It just gets a little tried and true after a while. But all right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Bears Brothers podcast. I want to thank you all who has watched live or for those who listen to the podcast on the platform of your choice. I know there's like a million out there. So however you're listening or watching us. I just want to say that we do appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, make sure to leave that review on Apple Podcast and include your Twitter handle to enter our free Chicago Bears jersey giveaway. We're going to be back soon, uh, but until then, bear down, Chicago. <laughs>